everybody, it's Betsy, and here's what's in the Popping Collars feed for June 2021. There's just two words for this month's Popping Collars, staff picks. Hear what we're recommending from the world of pop culture. We have a special interview with Academy Award nominee Tom Moore this month. He talks to Greg about his animated feature, Wolf Walkers. The Going on 30 mob movie marathon continues this month. Greg and I explore the Martin Scorsese classic, Goodfellas. Finally, The Sacred Six wraps up our deep dive into The Wire. Special guest Eric Matoyer discusses the series finale, simply titled 30. Thanks for listening and keep those collars popped. My name is Greg Knight, and I occasionally have conversations with pop culture creators. This is one of those. So grab your favorite snack, warm blanket, let the discussion fill your world. This month, I got the chance to talk to Tom Moore, the writer and co-director of a film called Wolf Walkers. Letterboxd.com says, in a time of superstition and magic, when wolves are seen as demonic and nature and evil to be tamed, a young apprentice hunter comes to Ireland with her father to wipe out the last pack. But when she saves a wild native girl, their friendship leads her to discover the world of the wolfwalkers and transforms her into the very thing her father is tasked to destroy. I'll tell you that this is an animated film that's brought to you by the same production company that created The Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea. And just like those offerings, this film features some of the most mesmerizing hand-drawn visuals you'll see on film. So what inspired the story for this 2021 Best Animated Feature nominee? Find out as we go under the stole with Tom Moore. But first, here's the trailer. Wolf. Wolf, hunt them far in yonder. The forest is brimming with wolves. It's my job to hunt them down, not yours. But we could hunt them together. Wolves, bears, dragons even. (laughs) (laughs) She's one of them wolf walkers. Wolf walkers? Ones that can talk to wolves with some wild magic. We can come out now. We can smell ya, you stink. You're a wolf walker. You're a wolf when you sleep. A girl when you're awake. Robin, something's happened to me. Yeah, I can see that. It's flipping great. You're a wolf now. Be a wolf. The woods are getting smaller every day. These wolves, they're just beasts. Tonight we put an end to this. I promise your mother I'd keep you safe.
just kind of want to start with, uh, instead of kind of rehashing your entire biography to get us to this point, like what's the story uh, from your life that stands out that made you think this is this is what I want to do with my life. I want to tell stories. I want to uh, make movies. Like what was it that happened that triggered that for you? Uh, one that I often think of is when I was a kid, I was in a, a birthday party and they put on The Secret of Nim on VHS for the little kids, for like my friend's little sister. And I was just mesmerized by The Secret of Nim. And I remember sitting down and at a certain point, my friends were all laughing at me, sitting down with the quote unquote little babies watching the cartoon. And I didn't care. I was like, let them go. I want to see this. I kept sitting watching the cartoon. So that might have been it. <laughs> that movie is wild. That's, I yeah. mean, the secret of Nim, like if you go back yeah. and watch it, it's, it's, yeah. I guess we're just so programmed for like Disney style animation, stuff like yeah. that, that having yeah. a story like Nim, it, it really does stand out. Uh, and I grew up on, I grew up on all these weird, dark movies. Like when I think what I thought was a kid's movie was like Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Secret of Nim, Never Ending Story, you know, <laughs> even E.T. deals with some heavy sort of divorce stuff and all it. There's like a undertone that it's his dad not being around that's the causing this sort of journey. So yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I grew up on some darker stuff it feels like so much of the oxygen in the world of animation is taken up by Disney and yeah. Pixar. How do you kind of think, how is, how is secret of Kells going to stand out? How is uh, song of the sea going to stand out? How is Wolf Walker's going to stand out? How do you start to think about these projects as uh, a unique take uh, on the animated film? Yeah, well, you're always in uh, contrast and competition, whether you like it or not. And I have friends in Disney Pixar and, um, they've been really supportive over the years and I always felt that what they kind of were encouraging me to do was do something different you know there's no point copying them there's no point um there is a certain kind of breed of independent animated feature that sort of makes it makes its living by confusing kindly grandparents and parents that it's not that it might be a Pixar movie but we decided to go the absolute opposite direction because we didn't want to be compared unfavorably and we wanted to offer something you know, authentically coming from where we're coming from and from ourselves. And we wanted to continue celebrating hand-drawn animation. And that's been a sort of on-off thing with Disney Pixar, whether or not they continue with hand-drawn, but we've kind of made it our our mission. And we kind of wanted to tell stories that probably weren't going to get told by mainstream studios, even though I do feel like over the years it's evolved so much that I'm starting to be quite excited by the risks that the mainstream studios are taking. But I think in general, you want to offer something different. You want to stand out both in style and content. Well, I mean, what stands out to me from the three features that I'm familiar with uh, from your company is, is it, it leans into a few things, right? It leans into fable, sort of so storytelling as fable, but also the fluidity of the image, right? So whether it's the calligraphy of Secret of Kells or the water um in yeah. song of the sea or in this film and wolf walkers it's the it's the trail it's the scent trails and all of that yeah. stuff like do you think in terms of fluidity for these movies is that like a central part of how you kind of see the animation in your mind yeah well i think animation and particularly hand-drawn animation at its very basis is often playing with transformation it's usually what kids do first when they make a flip book you know they turn a turn a face into a, something else you know and that's the sort of thing that i think is just at the basis of hand-drawn animations what it excels at playing with the kind of language of dreams where things can kind of turn from one thing into another and the way we transition from one image to another 
is playing with persistence of vision. So I, I feel like the stories and the approach to stories and the approach to animation are all very intertwined. Like they're not like separate. Like how would we do this? It all just sort of comes together, you know. Let me ask you about Wolfwalkers in particular, because it feels like one of the themes, one of the major themes that comes out of this film is this this sort of tension between freedom and constraint, which I think has sort of a, you know, obviously like a spiritual dimension to it mm-hmm. in the in the sort of the conflicts between the woods and the town, right? And and how those two worlds represent very different things. But it also made me think that as someone who directs animated movies, that's probably something that you deal with in the creative process too, yeah. right? Like you have <laughs> the freedom to imagine whatever, yeah. but you're constrained by what you can actually draw and the time that it takes to do it. Like, do you experience that kind of freedom and constraint when you make yeah, these? Yeah, I think, I think the balance, it's, it's in, in the core of drawing as well. Like, I mean, I'm studying life drawing again at the moment and the idea that, you know, you make these gestures and then you try and not lose the gesture when you impose structure and anatomy and stuff on top. Or if you make a rough uh, drawing and it has all the spirit in it, and then as you go through the stages to clean it up and to finalize it, you don't want to lose the life at the beginning of it, you know. And it's the same with everything. It's the spark of a story, the inspiration. Does it get lost when you impose draft after draft of structure? And, you know, so getting that balance between the two is just part of the creative process i suppose and then with studio itself there's kind of like what is animation allowed to be and how far can we push against what animation is expected to be and yeah there's a lot of yeah i mean it's such a big broad basic theme that i think it speaks to a lot of those things yeah there's clear there's this clear sort of spirit you know that exists in the in the community of the wolves, in the woods, right? And all of the sort of mythological uh, images that come with, you know, just the woods as a as a trope yeah. in storytelling. Yeah, yeah. But then the town is, is about structure and order and religion and, you know, yeah. and how do we, how do we take the spirit and put it into um, boxes? The cage that we were thinking of for the town in Robin was it? Uh, mind you know it was in the mind it was like in this culture that was coming in from england this kind of puritan culture that was trying to separate man from nature had this idea that man had dominion over nature and that everyone had to follow these exact rules very literally they were like you know totally um lost in this kind of dogma as a reaction to the excesses i suppose that had gone before so it's really common you see in in religion and in societies that they kind of waver between these like becoming quite liberal and laid back and everything going and then restrictive and becoming very fundamentalist about how they think about things and so i suppose we were thinking about that as well because it's a big part of the irish experience you know and a big part of the um the colonizing experience being colonized and a big part of what i think is a struggle for people spiritually now where they feel disconnected from nature to the point that they're a bit at a loss as to what's wrong and why they're unhappy and why you know people are trying to reconnect with nature um it's interesting it's a, it's a spirit of the times as well but it seems very old as well it seems like just based on your filmography that's something that speaks to your soul this idea of finding the divine in nature yeah um, Ber- saint bernard of clairvaux i think he was and he said that you find more in the woods 
amongst trees and rocks than in books or any other place. And we used that line, we gave it to Brother Aidan in Secret of Kells. And I think that that was a certain um, Celtic spirituality that was more syncretic, that kind of built on a pagan animist worldview. And then Christianity came in and fitted into that. And it wasn't until the colonization and the um, Puritan kind of notion that uh, man was separate and above nature that we kind of lost connection with that way of looking at the world and I would say when I look at mythology when I look at indigenous beliefs around the world that we need to return to a spiritual connection to the biosphere um, because our disconnection from it is a big part of why we're in so much trouble <laughs> um, do you rely on I mean are there sort of Irish narratives that show up in your stories are these like a hundred percent just kind of out of your mind or do you do do you lean on sort of things that you've heard before because there's there are like some elements of like i don't know saint francis and the wolf of gubbio you know in this a little bit you know oh yeah well i mean this story is the wolves of ossery that were this from kilkenny where i grew up and um saint patrick was preaching in kilkenny and some of the local people didn't want to convert so they hid in the woods and howled like wolves and so he kind of put a, a blessing or a curse on them that they would leave their bodies as wolves when they slept so it's really connected to that that folklore and uh, that's that's where it comes from I think that the structure is there in nature, but it we we would be arrogant to think that we could impose our structure on nature. You know, I mean, we're the ones that are going to lose out in the end, um, taking that attitude. So yeah, I think that those notions of dominion and stuff can be quite dangerous when we when we take them outside of the spiritual realm and think that it's up to us to wipe out an entire species or something. You know. I do wonder, and this may be more of a distribution question, I don't know, but with the rise of streaming platforms like Netflix and Hulu, now Apple uh, TV Plus, who's uh, got this fo- this movie, you know, it's it seems like there have been two big winners in my mind from all of these streaming services, and, and that's documentary films and animated films. Wow, do you think that? Do you find that people are finding your work more now yeah. than yeah. when you first started? Yeah, the reality was with Secret Accounts, we were only in, like, we were a small studio with a small distribution, and we were only in, you know, specialist cinemas when we were released, like kind of art house cinemas. And then the DVDs weren't so easy to just pick up anywhere. They, we had DVDs out. But then um, most people were finding it online illegally. And now that there's actually good quality streaming where you can see it relatively easily, it's been a real benefit for kind of, slightly off the beaten track animation, you know, like slightly off the beaten track. Like you can find more, more people, like even if there's only five people in every town in America, they all add up to an audience that you would never have reached if you only showed in New York and, you know, San Francisco or whatever. So that kind of thing streaming has been great for. Yeah, I know, uh, like, uh, Kells was something that we found on Netflix like 10 years ago or something like that. Yeah, and it was like, yeah. it was an eye opener. It was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. Yeah, this was out I there. Think, I think yeah. people stumbling across our movies on streaming services when streaming services started was the main sort of legal way that people saw our movies. And then as the streaming services rose and rose, it became a real like their like main like Apple TV Plus getting behind Wolfwalkers was like game changer in terms of the fact that like a pretty arty, pretty small um 
independent hand-drawn movie was getting this publicity that was on the scale of like a big CG blockbuster. It's 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 been really really interesting and mm-hmm. also strange because I've been in this little spare room for it all. I'd love to actually see those billboards or whatever that they're doing and the people tell me there's ads on TV in the US and all too. So it's amazing. Yeah. So uh, where are, are you, are you in Ireland right now? Yeah, I'm in Kilkenny. I'm here. Right yeah. Um, how how has the COVID experience been there? Pretty much yeah, long, yeah, long, long lockdown one after the other. We were doing well for a while, and then Christmas, everybody just said screw it and went and hung out with their friends and family, and we just had this huge spike. And then ever since then, we've been trying to get it back under control while we wait for a vaccine. Mm-hmm. My dad got vaccinated. My sister got vaccinated. She's a healthcare worker. He's over seventy three, so he's um. So they're vaccinated, so it feels like it's finally coming closer, but we're nowhere near as far along as England, for example. So that makes, and I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm more of a, I, I like the art. I don't necessarily know how I feel about awarding the art. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally glad you're nominated because it gets your name out yeah. there and gets your yeah. movie out there, that kind of thing. But I imagine this sort of award season has been extremely different. From yeah. what you're probably the, used to, the, the benefit as... the benefit of it is undoubted, right? And it's great. But I also fundamentally find it strange that we run these elections after we finish our cartoons every year to have right. everyone vote, and and mainly people that are working in the industry. So you're kind of hoping to convince people to vote for one over another, and the industry is rife with, you know, like um, little cliques and everything. So it's a really strange game, but it does to the broader audience signify that your work is of value and it does mean a lot to have your peers say yes this is an important piece of work it's changed my life on the other hand you try and keep a little bit of a distance from it but usually what i enjoy is getting out and meeting people you know i've met friends i've made friends like i've made friends with pete doctor in pixar jim capabianco in pixar brenda chapman um, different amazing artists that have helped me with my career encouraged me and this time it's all been zoom there's been no socializing no you know going to festivals going to screenings or anything like that so it is yeah pretty weird season but sure at least we can do it like a lot of industries are completely i'm glad you brought up pete doctor because you know obviously his stuff i don't know it feels like it stands out from a lot of the pixar offerings as far as like just you know the the things that he's trying to think through um yeah like the soul and the mind and all of those different things yeah, it makes me wonder. Like, is do you see um, the future of sort of the animated film as exploring more complex, yeah, complex anime, understandings of the human spirit, the mind, all of that stuff? To me, animation is perfect for that. And like, if you look in the world of independent comic books and stuff, that's already happening. And it's so important that somebody like Pete is pushing it out in terms of mainstream, because for a long time, mainstream really kind of contented itself with pushing the art form in terms of performance, in terms of art direction, but the stories were very safe, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, Pete, you, like he's basically within, because he's so talented, within the kind of um, studio system, within the big mainstream system, making kind of movies that I think are much more art house than people realize. And he kind of, you know, he kind of sugars the pill well with a lot of, you know, uh, entertainment value and stuff, but it, it leads the way then. And it allows for us to go even further. Those of us in the independent space, we can say, well, they're exploring existential questions in Pixar. 
what can we offer? We're independent. Right. How much further can we go? Because, you know, we've smaller budgets and much more artistic freedom, much less shareholder oversight or whatever. So it really does open up the question. When I saw so like I it spoke to me because I'm also a middle aged artist and <laughs> I know that feeling where you kind of stop and question everything. And I wrote to him about that. And I mean, I had double feelings. I had one hand. I was like, dang, he's going to win. And the other hand was like, wow, that's a great movie because it's yeah, I just I, I think it's wild. The 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 animated features that are up for uh, uh, best animated at the Oscars this year. It's just like, wow, this is this is so far from sort of the Little Mermaid days. And yeah, and the jokes haven't moved on, like in the award ceremonies, the presenter that, you know, they don't watch them because they go, ha cartoons and it's right. crazy. We've got a cartoon category and right. they don't realize the movies they're talking about are really going into some stuff that you don't usually see outside of independent movies. Yeah, it's interesting. All right. Can I get you out of here on one last question? Um, One of the things that we used to do at Popping Collars is we used to pick something from popular culture that's been standing out for us lately, whether it be music, (sighs) movie, television, book. Uh, And we we called it like our staff pick. We we were thinking like a blockbuster video. And like if you had a shelf that you could put a piece of pop culture on, what would it be? If you had a a blockbuster video shelf to put something up, what would you recommend to people? Oh, there's a short film uh, that's nominated for the um, Oscar this year called Genius Lucky. And it was uh, directed by a French guy, Adrian Mergeau. And talk about pushing the boat out for what animation can do. Go and check that out if you want to see. Like if, if Soul seems daring and exciting, what animation can do. Over there in the French short movie world, they're going Joycean. You know, it's like it's in the language of, I don't know, a Jungian nightmare or something. But it's wow. really really beautiful it's kind of a trip but it's actually really beautiful exploration just of the genius lucky is the spirit of a place and um adrian was spending a lot of time like living in squats in paris and contemplating this place as a spirit this place as a life independent of the little tiny lives moving in and out of it all the time and thinking about that so it's really interesting short so i recommend people watch that yeah Uh, Tom, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And yeah, folks can you. find the movie on Apple TV Plus. Correct. That's where you can go. And it's in some cinemas now, too. They're opening up the cinemas again over there. So I think G Kids have it in cinemas here and there. So watch out for that, too. Very cool. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys.